Earlier this month, we brought you The Outlook, presented by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. We had four great in-depth conversations on issues facing our economy right now. Here's my conversation with Peter Oliver, principal at TOK Commercial Real Estate. Happy to, Don. Always a big supporter of you, and thank you for all your great work you're doing for the community. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, you know, the theme today has been growth and change and looking at, at how that growth and change is really uh, affecting our valley and, and you and the folks at TOK obviously really handle the commercial sector. And so I wanted to kind of just get a pulse on on where things stand. You know, we're three years uh, past the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, although still feeling some effects. Um, and a lot of things have changed. So I wanted to kind of get your feeling on on where the market stands right now. Sure. I mean, in general, I would uh, categorize our market as healthy um, pretty much on all fronts. We're, we're very fortunate, especially if you look around uh, even across the country on similar size uh, metros, we're, uh, we're in really good shape um, on all fronts. And I, I still stand by that today. What, what sector do you think is, is seeing the most strength right now? And, and where do you see a lot of things really working and clicking? You know, interestingly enough, I would say on the retail side, actually, uh, you know, if you recall, you've written a lot about this, but, you know, a mere four or five years ago, uh, there was a lot of people that thought retail was dead or in jeopardy, uh, whatever strength of word you want to use. And, you know, our market is is strong. Our vacancies are low. Uh, you can take some, you know, recent phenomena with with Shopco going out, for instance. You know, all of their spaces have been backfilled, uh, some with new people, some with expanding tenants uh, from the market. So I look at that as very positive. You know, most recently, we've got a couple of new uh, holes to fill with uh, Bed Bath & Beyond going through their uh, situation. But even that, you look at it, um, a lot of those types of, of results were from, you know, over leverage at a company level. Um, the stores, you know, locally might have been doing fine, but they're a victim of, of the corporate side of things. So, you know, shop space is is very healthy. Uh, you know how it is trying to get into a restaurant these days. Uh, you better call a week or two in advance if it's one of your favorite places. So to me, all those uh, bode well. I talk to a lot of my friends that are in the retail world and uh, they're they're pleased. You know, we had kind of the late part of the last decade. We, as you kind of mentioned, we had a lot of the, especially the national chains go away. Uh, you know, Shopco was a big one. Hastings, uh, the Babies R Us and Toys R Us locations. We've had Bed Bath & Beyond go out. Is there any worry in that, in that area that we might see another uptick again? Or do we, do you feel like Bed Bath is kind of an outlier? And on the flip side of that, are there still a big line of people looking to come into the market? Yeah, I think uh, there's there's really not a simple answer to a lot of these questions. Um, you know, locally, again, activity has been healthy uh, on the retail side. There's people looking what we look at and we dive into the data a lot here. I'm, I'm kind of an econ junkie at heart, yeah. but we're we've surpassed you know, we're at 850, 875 as far as our MSA goes. So we're quickly approaching that that million population MSA mark. And that 
you know, historically across the country has been kind of the next tipping point when it comes to retail. And, you know, we've seen that with Top Golf coming in. We've got Shields under construction now. And so my, my speculation is, yeah, we're, there's going to be some casualties along the way. Some of it is definitely, you know, tied in with Amazon. It's tied in with the Internet. But those people that have adapted and have, have learned to use the Internet as a tool, they've actually seen it as an improvement to their revenue. So we, when we look at, uh, for instance, when we look at centers that we're selling, we look at the tenants, are they Amazon proof or not? I mean, that's kind of a new phenomenon with, with everything that's going on, but, you know, locally and treasure Valley wide, I'm, I'm optimistic on retail D and B supply, another great uh, local success story. I don't know if you've been out to their new superstore yet. At North yeah. Ranch. I'm it's, a nerd. I went and walked it. I was there scared. you go. There yeah. you go. So, uh, a lot of good things going on, and I always have to preface things. I'm an optimist, but if you if you dig back and you and you look at what's happening here, it's 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 pretty pretty positive. But I look at our population growth, you know, our our income levels, everything is is pointing to the right direction. So if retail is kind of that strongest. Where do you where do you see some of the struggles? Is there a sector that's maybe having a little bit more chop in the water? You know, there's there's choppy pieces of it. And so by that, I mean, let's take the hot topic for right now, office, right? right. Um, we do have a handful, literally a handful of larger blocks of office that have uh, hit the market since the beginning of the year. You've got, you know, Citibank uh, with their call center, DirecTV with their call center. Um, you know the story of Tandem very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got CenturyLink's space downtown. And and while there's uh, success behind it and growth, you've got Cradle Point, you know, giving up uh, some space at at Boise Plaza. That being said, you know, there's not a simple one answer to it either. Some of it is stay at home issues. Some of it is technology with call centers. Now they can track their productivity a lot better than they used to via software that's been enhanced and all that's kind of a result of the pandemic. So you've got all these these forces going on. So in those big chunks of space, that really doesn't represent the bulk of our market. I mean, our market is still, the, the, the bulk of our tenants are between 1,500 feet and say 5,000. That market is still healthy. It's not as robust as it was. Um, the velocity isn't as strong as it was, but I kind of have categorized this. We're in we're in kind of a COVID correction. Mm-hmm. Um, correction might be a little bit strong of a word, but you could say a COVID normalization. People went out and hired tons of people, employees. You know, we're seeing changes in that. That impacts office space um, efficiencies. There was one school of thought, which was everyone's going to have more office space because they need more space. And it was everyone's going to work at home. So radiuses, right? It's it's really interesting to think through all of these things, but there is no steadfast one answer for it. But in general, you know, that is the weak spot in the office market. We've got these big blocks of space, but I would still rather be in the Treasure Valley with those big blocks of space than other metro areas, you know, for obvious reasons. And then go ahead. No, no you go ahead. Oh, and then on the industrial side, we have a a large amount of new inventory coming on in the next 12 months. Um, That portion of the market 
it's the challenge with it. It's a lot of space and it's a lot of the same space, meaning the size of the space are the bulk of our tenants in industrial are still between say five and 15,000 square feet. Our upper end has grown a fair amount because our market has grown, but a lot of these new projects, you know, if they can get down to 20, 25,000 feet, you know, that's kind of on the smaller end. So that one's going to be interesting to watch too. Good news is super high quality. We are seeing our tenant sizes grow. So that'll be one to watch on the industrial side, but below that, the market is as tight as I've ever seen it. So it's it's kind of parts of, of the different uh, product types. So that's a bit of a change, right? I mean, for a while, industrial just seemed like it was hair on fire in the market coming out of the pandemic. Now you're saying maybe a little slowing there. Yeah, again, you have to peel back the data though. It's in that in that bigger size range. If you get down to you know the largest segment of the industrial market as far as tenants go, still very, very active and very, very tight. And Amazon come in, build a couple million square feet out there, uh, you know, near the Idaho Center, and then announce some other thing. Well, not, I actually wouldn't say announce. They, they wouldn't they would confirm, but plan some things with their colors and their schemes. And they were clearly Amazon. And then it seems like they maybe pulled back some of that. Do you, is that having a ripple effect? Is that playing out in other places? Or is it really just mostly this mid-band kind of thing? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. Uh, nationally, that's what's happening with Amazon. And they, they definitely got very, very aggressive. Uh, locally, we are not seeing, you know, a number of like support tenants that are being impacted by that. They built their fulfillment center. They have another center out by the airport. They had another one planned, which got shelved um, on the west side of the airport. And then they built their van center. The van center is an interesting phenomena. Um, I recently drove to San Diego to help move my son to Phoenix. And, and between here and San Diego, uh, we drove by literally five of those. And they're just like the one here. They're brand new, state-of-the-art Amazon van centers, completely vacant. And they're just sitting there. And as you get to bigger markets, you know, outside of Vegas, outside of San Diego, they get they get bigger even down in Salt Lake than the one here, but they're just sitting there. So those things, you know, nationally are going to have to get absorbed. But again, focusing back on the Treasure Valley, we're not seeing a lot of Amazon related folks that have been impacted by their, you know, hitting the brakes. So let's kind of swerve back to retail or uh, to the office segment for a second. Is there concern that a lot of people who had leases in place, you're hearing about this nationally. Leases in place, they come up, they vacate them. You start to see rates plunge because there are fewer tenants and the quality goes down. And is there any indication that that might be in the offing here? Or is that still strong enough that that's going to, that those types of things might absorb? Yeah, again, another good question. And, and uh, I, I, t I like to use kind of general statements on, you know, where we are in each cycle. I think this is the fifth cycle of my career and we are in the, I don't know stage right now. Um, <laughs> and this applies to a myriad of topics that we'll, we'll touch on. So what we're seeing right now, the answer would be no. Um, we are not seeing a softening of rates. Um, we still have, you know, we still have decent activity in the, in the traditional size range that I mentioned. Um, one of the things that I've been watching with the slowdown of the residential side starting before, you know, you could say commercial started to cool off. 
we've had very few downsize or or you know people vacating space tied in with the residential sector meaning mortgage companies title companies on down the line if you were around in you know oh five six and seven it was an absolute armageddon it was terrible so we're not seeing that so that's staying very stable um, we are seeing some firms grow we're seeing we're seeing companies move here that have been you know, waiting to come into Boise for it to, to hit a certain size mark, which we now have hit. So I'm, I'm, you know, again, I'm optimistic on the market within the certain parameters. We are going to have to deal with these bigger chunks of space. But again, I'd rather be in Boise, Idaho, or the Treasure Valley dealing with it than, than other metros, because I think we're going to see some companies continue to uh, relocate. Are we starting to see some spread? I mean, even downtown here where I'm at, it, and, and I know you're at a lot, it's not quite as vibrant as before the pandemic. It's picked up, certainly, but it's just not, there's just clearly not as many people, especially once the legislative session leaves town. Do you think that some areas are going to see more strength, that that maybe like the newer stuff at 10 Mile and Meridian might be stronger than downtown? Do you think it'll all equalize, or is, is there some differences in the different sectors of the of the geographical area? Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, if you if you are a heavy parking user, uh, it's going to be a challenge to be downtown. We have we have limited parking options. Um, it costs money for parking spaces, so that's that's one of the many drivers. I think a lot of it is being we're, we're fast food, you know, drive through Americans. We like stuff to happen quick. It takes time to recover from what we went through with COVID, plain and simple. So if you talk to the companies and, and it's it's the bigger companies, the publicly traded companies, they're having the harder time getting people back to the office for a myriad of reasons, but it is happening. It's just happening at a slower pace. I mean, you go drive, I just drove back from 10 mile 15 minutes ago. That drive at this time of day is noticeably more busy now. It's mm -hmm. to me, it's noticeably more busy. When you leave downtown between 4.30 and 5.30, it, it's, it's getting back to where it was. But there are still several large companies downtown that are at, you know, 30 to 40 percent or they're three days in the office. It's just going to take time for that to rebuild, in, in my opinion. Downtown, it's all the construction. It just makes everything harder. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just, you know, over 10th and 11th on, on uh, Grove Street, I mean, you might as well just walk everywhere. I, yeah, I park right in the middle of that. So it's always there you go. very you fun at, at the end of the day. Yeah. What do you see? What role do you see interest rates playing? Uh, continuing to be high. Um, you know, people are telling me maybe projects are going to have trouble getting financed at rates that make sense. Do you see some of that supply starting to, to taper over time? Yeah, I mean, th there's kind of two facets in general with interest rates. So on the construction side, absolutely, we're already seeing that. I mean, construction interest rates have almost doubled, and it was already challenging to do new projects because of costs, because of supply chain issues, all the stuff we've been hearing about for the last three years. Throw interest rates in the mix, and it's 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 not doable. So yes, that's going to impact uh, new projects. You talk to all the developers, you know them all. And, and they'll tell you the same thing. So that is going to and that's that's what the Fed's trying to do. Right. They're trying to slow things down on the flip side of it, on the on the permanent side, it's it's impacting it as well. So if, if people are looking to go out and buy investment property and such, which 
impacts my daily world a lot. It's it doesn't make sense. Part of we've got this lagging effect with sellers. A lot of sellers are still back in the even the first quarter of 22 or 21, and they're still looking to get these cap rates. In round numbers, we've got about a hundred basis point spread between bid and ask. Interesting. And it's even if you're an all cash buyer and you're a you know a fairly savvy investor, you're not gonna you're not gonna overpay. You're gonna use you know what interest rates are as your benchmark. And most people are not gonna sign up for neutral or negative leverage. So yes, it's definitely having an impact. You can follow up with any of the developers. And I, I think we'll, you know, the projects that are going now, they're all stuff that started two and three years ago. Interesting. So maybe so, a little lag later in this decade, it sounds like. Correct. What are some of the other factors playing in here? We've got population growth and construction costs and 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 how do those play a role in 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 the inventory and in the in all the different things we've been talking about here today? They're they're all part of the equation um, and, and you combine them all and and thus the challenge of of being a developer and the development business. So with all those factors rolling into a, a project, you know, risk is extremely high. And then you can sprinkle in some of these outliers, which which we don't know yet with some of these uh, bank issues that have come up. There are some banks that just are saying we're tapping out for right now. Some of them have to tap out for right now. Right. So we've got all these continued added factors coming into the equation. So, I mean, what I think it's it's going to be those that are very well capitalized, that have very strong uh, banking partners, they are going to do very select projects that make sense. But it's it's not going to be at the fevered pitch that we've seen. I. I'm not a contractor. I have lots of friends in that business. I don't see costs changing. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is a lot of the build back projects are now all starting um, from the, you know, I call it the hidden stimulus. Those are all starting now across the country. We have a lot of them in the state of Idaho. So any kind of slowdown that might've been happening in other facets of construction, meaning the private side are now going to be you know, going into demand for the for the uh, public side. What else should people watch out for? What's what's the thing to see? What's the thing to 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 notice? Well, we're seeing again. Our, if you take in migration, it has slowed. You know, quite a bit now with uh, post COVID, et cetera. But people are still moving here. We're still getting companies that are very interested in our market, um, mainly because they're leaving other markets where business is not conducive or there's other challenges. So for us, I think it's it's very important for us to continue to focus on having a, you know, safe communities, uh, clean communities. Uh, I know everyone doesn't like talking about a quality of life, but that is a big part of it. And that covers so many different things, our trails, it's just taking care of what we have. And then I see one of the positives of, of kind of a pause is to focus on things like infrastructure and give everybody a chance to catch up um, during this time. So those those are the things that I'm I'm watching, but but I'm optimistic and I, I see a good, you know, steady long term future for the Treasure Valley in our sector. Sounds like optimism is the word for the day. I'm optimistic. I think we have a lot of good things. I'd rather be here than a lot of other places. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm excited about the, the future. Peter Oliver with TOK. Thanks for taking some time with us. Absolutely. Thank you, Don. And thank you again for everything you do. 
there's no place quite like Idaho. That's why Regents Blue Shield of Idaho is constantly reimagining the healthcare experience, tailoring it to fit the needs of local families and businesses. Rooted here since 1946, we're shaping the future with cutting edge digital solutions, Idaho-based customer service, and unparalleled access to top doctors. That's the region's difference you can count on. We get you because we are you.